I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Shane Oliver Experience. Tonight, I have with me Caleb from When Death Replaces Life, his solo project that he's got going. How are you, man? Yeah, pretty good, man. How are you doing? Yeah. Oh, I'm always good, mate. I'm always good. <laughs> That's really good. Um, so, that intro that we just heard there, mm-hmm. um, what was that? That was... I'm Because I'm, I, I haven't heard a lot of, a lot of your... Um, uh, apart from the stuff that I've heard recently with uh, When Death Replaces... Um, yeah. Uh, I haven't really heard too much of the other stuff that you've done, so this oh, one wasn't this I, one wasn't I, on it. Or um, it is. It's the first track, "Hideous Defigurement." Um, I haven't really released that much within the past two years since the project has started. I I've only s- okay. Sorry, yeah, no, I'm, I've, you've thrown me for a loop there because <laughs> I guess listening to the shorter version of it and not paying t- too much attention yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I could have sworn I hadn't heard that one before. Um, but because you've also shown me videos and stuff mm. as well of other uh like little riff riff raff sort of stuff that you you put towards um your your solo stuff as well so i'm yeah, trying to yeah. go, I'm, I'm trying to keep it all together now yeah, and see nah, when, when, when you're following my social media and trying to follow my music it kind of gets lost a little bit yeah. sometimes <laughs> <laughs> yeah no sorry so yeah um go on again about uh, the intro song uh hideous hideous defigurement defigurement yeah 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 so uh let's let's talk a little bit more about uh the the solo stuff that you're mm. doing um so how long have you been have you been actually writing as as a musician or just when when you first picked up and uh, a guitar and decided to start actually putting songs together um pretty much as soon as i started playing guitar um it sort of just came naturally just the whole songwriting thing i didn't really pay too much attention to what i was doing i was just like hey this sounds bloody cool let me work onto that and then it would be turned into a song and then I started to realize, oh yeah, I'm fucking writing music. Was it and was it covers that you started doing first? Or oh yeah, like yeah. L- learning to cover. And songs once and once stuff? I started to get comfortable with playing guitar, that's when I started to you know play mm-hmm. around with the guitar, jam with myself, and whatever catches my ear. I've been doing, kind of had the same process of writing music since I started, you know, which is usually just sitting in my room playing whatever, you know, if I got like some inspiration going from like a new album or a band or something. You know, that would spark some ideas and that sort of thing. And then I'll just be in the room, you know, just jamming out. And then if there's a riff that catches my ear, I'll just play that riff over and over again until I remember it and internalize it. And then, you know, I quickly write it down in any form of way, whether that would be recording it on my phone and writing it later or writing it straight away kind of thing. And it sort of just builds up like that. I don't usually sit there and think, oh, I need to write a riff that goes like this or maybe like that. Sometimes I do if I feel like there is a certain way the song should go, but majority of the time it's just... Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so 
Uh, did you find it at first, because um, you said when recording and stuff, do you find it hard to keep track as well? Um, when if you're, all, if you're trying to piece it all together and you're only recording on your phone, do you have like specific times when you record it? So you can put it all together sort of thing. Um, you know, do you know what I'm trying to... Yeah, yeah. I sort of get, get what you're getting at. I kind of do riffs at a time. I don't mm. usually do it all together. Sometimes I do, but it really depends. Well, lately it's kind of been like that where it's been piece by piece or assembled together a little bit. Sometimes I go through old tabs that I've tried writing songs for or just riffs that I didn't use for songs. And then, you know, if I can't think or find anything that goes well into the next part of the song i usually just have a quick search through and it says something that can easily you know go well with the next song um on the next part of the the song it's yeah it just makes it a little easier right right um so is is when death replaces life that's not the only thing that you've done though is that right no no No, i've been in a few bands in the past in the past four years Mm -hmm. and um my first band, Exile Needham, which was probably the more. I feel like I've heard. I feel like I've heard that that name from somewhere. Um, uh, we used to. Well, they used to play a lot at the lab before I joined the band. I've only played at the lab twice with Exile Needham. Did we, you ever play at a bowls club? Um, not when I was in the band. Uh, they okay. probably they probably did in the past, but I, I don't know that because I'm. Pr- I feel like I've seen a, a flyer. I've got it somewhere at home. I think actually, uh, it was like a. The old, one of the old old school like core shows or whatever. Yeah, they did, they did. They did. They did play a lot of core shows because when they yeah. started out, they were like a deathcore band. Yeah, and it wasn't until I started, well, just before I joined the band, but sort of leaning into that is where they started to be like, okay, we want to be more like death metal or slam. Yeah, it's right. kind of like a mix of both because I've always been a, a death metal guy, and once I joined Exile Neen, that's when they started to be like introducing me into like brittle death metal yeah and um slam and that sort of thing and that's where it started created the creative juices to to what became um the album that we recorded the year i joined the band okay so and you had you had a part in getting that done as well or was yeah, it already yeah. written beforehand um, or it was kind of like with, with the album for exile needing it was an eight track album it was was originally meant to be an EP, but then once we started recording it, we started to realize it's going to be longer than thirty minutes, and there's eight tracks, and so you know, one of the songs nearly goes for eight minutes. And <laughs> yeah, okay, <yeah. laughs> good solid, good solid death metal one. Yeah, I guess that yeah. one takes you on a journey. Well, the thing is, as well, um, me and the other guitarist Seth, we both had um, different writing. He was more of a melodic kind of player while I was a bit more like, yeah, fucking death metal. Let's write the heaviest <laughs> fucking riffs ever. You know, that yep. kind of thing. You can, you can tell because can. the first, there was four songs that were kind of old. One of them that I did help write, but the other three I didn't because they were written before I joined the band. And then there was another four songs, two that I wrote and then two that Seth wrote. And, um, both the songs that Seth wrote are the more melodic ones, mm-hmm. and then the more like heavier, techy, death kind of songs are my ones. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And was that the first band that you'd ever joined? Yeah. That was yep. the first one? That was probably even the only band that I stuck around with the longest. <laughs> I was in that band for about a year and a half, I think. Oh, cool. Yeah, about a year and a half until I left. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so they're not a thing anymore? No, no. No? Okay. Un- so. Unfortunately, they're not. Um, the original vocalist from Exile Needham, Zach Burkholz, he's yeah. currently in a uh, autopsy. 
Oh, no shit. Yeah, okay. he actually got the gig. He's talking about them today for some reason. I can't remember why, uh, but yeah. They're doing the tour with Dysentum. They just announced oh, it today. That's probably why. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm fucking stoked, man. Yeah. I, I reckon Zach was a, is a perfect fit for Hortopsy because his vocals are kind of similar to Stormer. And um, when we were recording the album, they released um, Never Tear Us Apart. Mm-hmm. And Zach listened to that album like nonstop. And the songs... That I wrote, he wrote the lyrics kind of Hortopsy inspired, so they're very comedic, fucked up, kind yeah. of like death metal songs, mm. you know. And but oh, I didn't really mind because like the rest of the songs had like a serious meaning to it. While then my two songs are just kind of like you know the funny songs, right, right. Um, but they're still really good songs because um, I don't know. That's a bit biased coming from me, but of course, yeah, yeah. of course, just a bit, but only just a touch though. I can't no, see I, it's not it's not like dripping off of you right yeah, now no, so that's no. okay i get you <laughs> <laughs> uh, um so exiled and eden was the first band that you ever played in what was the next one um there was a band that we used to play with every now and again called um condemned to atrophy atrophy mm-hmm. um we were mates with some of the guys and they had a few lineup changes and they needed a lead guitarist because they kicked her out it was a female mm. guitarist um and i was like yeah fuck yeah i need a band to join in and at the time, I was really, really getting into deathcore, so it was mm. kind of like an easy fit. But it didn't work out because we were doing a, like a covers show, and like the rhythm guitarist and the drummer fucked off because we didn't practice enough. Because um, the guitarist was his missus was nearly ready to have a child at any moment, and there's a lot know. of life stuff going on around. Yeah, and at, at, when I look at it now, it's you know life happens. At mm. the time, I was pretty pissy about it. I was pretty young as well, so I didn't really have much of an understanding about yeah. life and that sort you of thing. Just, you, wanted to, you wanted to get the ball going, you had yeah. your foot in the door. And every, everyone else wanted to because they kept dropping shows because of the other guitarist yeah. and they didn't want to look bad. So we were like, okay, we'll do it. But thing was, the gig was like a week. Yeah. So we needed a drummer. I was fine doing all the guitars by myself and having a bass player there with me, but oh man, it went to shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never ever try to get members to play a show a week before the show. I can't see how that's practical. Well, I, I, I mean, we I, thought I, it was practical because it. the drummer was very confident and he is a good drummer, don't get me wrong. A lot of people that came up to me, sort of people that I knew, not a lot, probably a few said that he was, you know, a shit drummer and he fucked up the show. And I'm like, don't blame it on him. It's <laughs> not his fault. It's our fault for even continuing on with this show. Yeah, and yeah, it was gonna be, it was gonna be a little. And we, we put anyway. him on pressure because it's like, yeah, you need to learn these songs in a week, <laughs> kind of thing, and it, and it kind of did fuck him around a little bit, but you know, well, like, like you live and learn, kind of thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it there's doesn't seem like there's any love loss or anything, and it's it, it's one of those things oh, you look I back still, on and realize as well. Yeah, yeah, like, I still respect the guys. I don't yeah. like, you know dislike them or anything it, for what happened. Fair it's life just choices, man. Yeah, you know, shit happens, and sometimes things don't work out. Yeah, and that's what's happened for the last few bands that I've been in. Because right. after Condemned, um, I joined Scumbag. I know, Scumbag. I know, um, Chris Young. Mm. He was in Scumbag. Okay, um, yeah. he was originally the bass player, and then became the vocalist after the original vocalist pissed off, mm-hmm. and then Chris left, and Taylor and Jack, um, the two members from Scumbag, um, needed a vocalist, and I started to become friends with the guys, and I was like, if you guys need a vocalist. I can do it. Mm. And um, I was with them for about three months. Um, did a few shows with them. And then um, I left because at the time I was living at home and didn't have a job, which is 
not ideal in the first place. But I did tell them before I joined the band, like, are you sure you want me in the band? Because I have no money yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah, cool. And then they planned to do a show in Perth and wanted to do a demo recording, but expected me to put money in, even though they knew full well that I had no mm. money. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean, it's kind of... Perth it's, isn't cheap either. Yeah, no. And um, th- I, I kind of did a shitty thing and left like a few days before they had to do the demo recording. <laughs> I, I've, it, yeah, kind of a bit of a <laughs> sticky situation there, but again, live and learn. Well, I still get along with, with the guys and that sort of thing, so. I think that's the, the biggest takeaway from it as well. As yeah. Long as, you know. Because we did have like a little bit of heat after mm. that, but then I, you know, spoke to Taylor and that sort of thing. It's like, dude, it's in the past now. Yeah. It didn't work out. And they, they were still doing that thing. You know, they got Daffy, well, originally they got Ben, but then they got Daffy to do vocals for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then they did like another EP, did a tour, and then they broke up pretty yeah. much. So, ah. I mean, that that goes to show as well that, you know, not, not every band is 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 sunshine and roses, mm. you know. It, it's very, good, very it, true. Yeah. It, Especially it, it, in Exile Needham, we definitely had a, um, disagreements. Yeah. That sort know. of thing. But that's just part of being a band, you know, just... There, there's healthy. There's. I, I can always understand there being sort of healthy disagreements with oh, yeah. the writing process. But I mean, once it gets that one step too far, if it ever gets personal, you're like, come on, you know, yeah. keep trying to keep it under wraps and well, you that, can that, stress and trying to have that perfect sound, that perfect record that you're working mm. hard to. You know, you're putting a lot of time and effort oh, into that, it. That was excellent. Mean, we really, really cared about the songwriting mm-hmm. um, aspect of things. Before I left the band, we were writing a new song. Um, which was like a part two from one of the other songs that we have on the album. And um, me and the drummer um, got into a disagreement over Harmony that I wrote because when we wrote this song, you know, Seth wrote majority of it, but then I would write my parts Mm -hmm. to, you know, make it more interesting or add some harmonies or some rhythms and that sort of thing. And that's pretty much what we did. And that was a part of the song which was really difficult for me to make a harmony to because it, it sounded sick with a harmony, but I, it was very, um, I don't know how to describe it. It was very hard. It was probably yeah. the hardest I've ever tried to work on a harmony before. Because mm-hmm. I, I love fucking with harmonies and, you know, making it all interesting. And not yep. not to the point where it's just like you can't. Over the top. Yeah, over yeah. the top. I just like, you know, fucking around with it and making it interesting and that so, sort of thing. And, and um, when we were listening back to it, um, he didn't like it. And I was like, dude. It already took me fucking an hour just trying to work out this mm. harmony, and now you want me to rewrite it? And you know, it, yeah, but but yeah, it, like you said, um, it kind of got a little heated. But you know, like you said though, um, there are there, there's always going to be a disagreement with with anything, especially when oh, it yeah. comes to there's there's uh, when you get a group of people putting in music together, unless it's yourself, yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> there's going <laughs> yeah. to be. There's going to be a clash of heads at any point, unless you're all just in there to do the same bloody thing. And yeah. There's no, no fuck like it's, you know. There's a, the bands get together and they just want to fucking play music, and that's usually what you see and what you get. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. there's no, there's no beef, there's no animosity. But when you try and get on, get more to that serious side, you can see it too, and not, mm-hmm. not even so much like from from the like from your point of view, like behind the, behind the scenes, there's so much stuff that would go behind oh, yeah. that nobody knows. There could be these disagreements, like, and, and especially the quality of the work that some uh, that some of the bands put into how long uh, and how long they want to 
they they put that work in for as well on that on those records and yeah, the songs yeah. that they do is astounding. So you can understand when if it's not going the way that you want it to and you're really committed to having it that way and you can't see the difference. Yeah. Fuck yeah, you're going to bump heads and shit like yeah. that. It's just but that's a good creative disagreement that you can have. There's no there's no if you can't if you can't keep it creatively like disagreeing on those topics and then it goes to like hating on one another. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to. I want to make it a little bit clear, though, that um, you know, even though we did have these heated discussions and that sort of thing, this is like about three, four years ago when this all happened. Yeah. We were all young, you know. I wasn't even twenty yet, and mm. I just turned eighteen. So you know, and I haven't matured at that time. So I just still had the childlike mind mm. mentality, and I was kind of standing on my ground, but. You know, I've learned from that, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you do have to stand on your ground to, like, a way that you want it to go. But in the end, we did change it, and it worked out even better when I came up with a better kind of harmony. Yeah. And it did work out, but it kind of caused some tension after that. Maybe. And, bit, and, yeah, there's a perfect example. Like, now, then then you'd know for next time that there's there might be a little bit of an easier way to go about... Yeah, the, yeah. Well, that's what dispute. I've learned from being all in these different bands. You know, all these yeah. bands that I've been in... I wasn't really in for a long period of time. That's why I always talk about Exile Needham and, and mm. the solo project. Because you, was, you were with them the longest Yeah, I was in Exile Needham for about a year and a half. We played a mm. few shows. I think I played like 15 shows with them or something yeah, like that. That's, and that's cool. Like yeah. That's a good solid amount of shows. Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially for like a year and a half. And in between that year and a half, we spent like six months recording the album mm. because um, the guy we were recording with lived in Nambour and his studio was up there. Um Half of us, like me, I lived near the city, but like, you know, some of the guys lived in Northside. Yeah. And then Seth, the guitarist, he lived far out in the South Side in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> so it was like a trip You're and a, a bit half. Scattered, yeah. And also, as I said, we were young. So mm. not, none, none of us knew how to drive. <laughs> yeah. So we would be in the train for like two hours just talking about what we're going to be doing for the album and mm-hmm. how keen we are about doing this sort of thing. And um, the process for it, um, because it was such a long trip, and as I mentioned before, there was eight tracks. So what we did was we would go there for a weekend. Um, we would record two songs in those two days. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we'll fuck off back home. And then we would be at home for a month, you know, just doing life and that sort of thing. And then we would go back and record another two songs. And that's how we did it for the pretty much the whole duration of the album until we finished it. Going back and forth like that, yeah, yeah, Jesus. every month, yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah. Well, I mean, did you do anything else while you were up there? I mean, let's see. I'm trying to think because all we all we did is once we got there, especially like in the next day in the morning, we would be like, okay, let's wake mm. up. Like when we got there, you know, we would warm ourselves up, get ready for recording and that sort of thing, and um, you know, we would just go right into it. And because we were playing these songs a lot, especially for me, um. I'm very, very, like, into the music. I always listen to the songs over and over and over and over again, playing them over and over again to the point where you listen to them and it's just like, yeah, I know. Mind-numbing. Yeah, pretty much mind-numbing. Someone tells you to, tells you to shut the fuck up and stop <laughs> playing that song over and over again. Actually, there was one song in the album that I absolutely hated. Gradually, gradually. Yeah. I didn't hate it at first, but after playing it at shows so. and that sort of thing, I was like, <laughs> I really fucking hate this song. I would Because I yeah. had the bass player next to me, I would look at him and we would look at each other and we're just like, can this song just be over? Yeah. <laughs> I've always wondered that as well. Uh, when, you, 
when you when you've been in a band long enough and you have like when you play songs over and over and over again um obviously there's uh there are some that'll be that that they have certain favorites of and then they'll have oh dude. you know to play oh, and, oh, and yeah. real shit ones to play and i'm just curious like how often that is the case for me for me when i was in exile Nina, there was only just the one song just the one um did it feel like it be, did it feel repetitive at any point, like playing the songs over and over? Um, like? Sort of, to a degree. It really depends on the song because the song that I didn't like was one of the melodic ones. It's mm-hmm. called uh, Reclamation. Now, I don't absolutely hate the entire song. There's like two good riffs that I really enjoyed playing, but then everything else is kind of like... Uh. Wasn't wasn't your favourite? Yeah, on the no, line. no. Well, everyone has their phone. Everyone yeah. has a favorite. I take it. Uh, my know, favorite, so. my favorite ones were the heavier songs, which is one of them was mine, but it was called um, "Ferocious Crest to a Lopsided Breast." <laughs> also, Did in you? brackets, "Slam for Bitches," <laughs> <laughs> which I came up with that part. Zach came up with that. Of course, you did. The, yeah. So it was so satirically as well. That that's just making make. So was it your your name? Like you wrote that name? As um, well, not ferocious, or? not the no. long one. Ferocious Cross. That was Zach. No. Um, I came up with Slam of Bitches because when I write songs, I don't think of a song title straight away. Sometimes, yeah. And when I wrote that one, I wrote like half the first half of the song, and I was trying to think of you know something funny. So I was just like, you know what, Slam for Bitches. <laughs> so that in that instance, you came up with a with a song, but you couldn't. Think of uh, any anything to go with it for a name. So yeah. you just thought, fuck it, I'm going to add And it. also at the was time, um, when I was writing it, I was kind of like in my emotional state of mind. Um, at the time, I had like a and really... And that's what... That's I had a really big falling Slam out. for bitches. Yeah, I had a really big falling out with an ex and I was just like, I really want to write a big fucking piss off heavy song. And then when I wrote the, the main riff, I was just like... <laughs> Fuck this! <laughs> this riff is pretty fucking good. How I'm going to express my anger about yeah, the whole and then, situation? And then when I was trying to come up with a name, I'm like, "Fuck it, slam for bitches." <laughs> and that name sort of just stuck to yep. the to the thing. So when you go on Bandcamp, it will say a ferocious crest to a lopsided breast in brackets, slam for bitches. <laughs> so at least at least one little bit that I came up with, apart from running the music, sort of stuck into that's that. That's fair. I'm gonna have to check that one out then. Uh, so Exiled in Eden, uh, mm-hmm. scumbag. And con- condemned to atrophy. Uh, um, there was two more bands, or actually three more. I keep forgetting. There's <laughs> a third. What that you don't want to remember, um, or is it, you just no? Forget? Sometimes there's oh, two of them I don't want to remember, but <laughs> they stick in my mind. But um, oh, what was after Scumbag? Mortar. That was another deathcore band that I joined. That was like a fresh new band that had some young guys in there. And my best started sort of thing. Yeah, and um. Me and the vocalist who was my best friend at the time. I'm still mates with him. There's no falling out with him. Um, his name's Keenan. Um, you know, me and him and another guy who sort of had a bit of experience. We're trying to show these two guys like under the ropes how does the scene work and how we would do things in the metal scene and yep. that sort of thing. And um, not one of them. One of them was trying their hardest. The other one, it was kind of like talking to one side of the ear and it just slips out in the other side in one ear and out the yeah, other yeah, yeah pretty much and um didn't really take too much of the advice i was trying to give him and it was kind of frustrating me and then when we played our first show another show that went to shit and i yeah. was not happy with it and then he tried to blame the sound guy when we we're trying to you know make him realize you know it wasn't the sound guy you do realize like you just stopped halfway in the middle of a song yeah and i it was kind of unprofessional on my side, because the thing is with me on stage since Exile Neen, and it was kind of like a gradual 
process, um, I get pissed off on stage because the music is so heavy and aggressive and I get into the state of mind of being angry and it makes me go nuts on stage. Some people have come up to me and it's like, dude, you have crazy eyes. <laughs> some, some of my profile pictures, like from the XL Neen days, you can see the, the craziness yeah. in me because I'm, I'm actually like full yeah. angry. I'm releasing all the inner emotion that I've been holding in, especially being so young at that time. And when we were playing the show, I was doing the thing, getting into the routine of being angry and playing mm-hmm. pissed off music and it, and people liked it but because he stopped halfway through the song and he was like off with the fairies not paying attention to what's going on and everyone's kind of like looking at us like what the fuck's going on yeah and so i flipped my shit and hit my guitar and his fucking cymbal and like what are you fucking doing you idiot and it didn't look too good on my side but yeah. people could kind of understand when they got a better insight of what's going on right and yeah. i don't hate these guys like I'm, I'm, as much as i keep on you know talking a bit of shit it's experience but that it's experience had. that i've learned over the years so you know i i i know from talking to you anyway now that you're not shitting on anybody yeah no i don't about, i don't want talking about stuff that yeah because I, I genuinely do like these guys if i ever mm. seen them around i'm like hey man what's up mm. like you know i don't dislike any of these guys and especially in the past i probably well, especially in the past, I probably didn't like them then, but that's because, as I said, I was really young. Different I didn't time. really mature. Just a different time, and I've grown mm-hmm. over the past two years. And that's the main thing, too, is that you recognise it. Yeah. You recognise it. And, and I, I, I do kind of feel a bit like a shit cunt for doing <laughs> the things that I did in the past, but <coughs> as I said, you live and learn. Yeah. Pretty much. And that's and that's fair enough. And I've, that that's something as well, seeing, seeing people get real G'd up when they're in the middle of of playing because i mean from my perspective i can understand it as mm. well um why some when when they play and they get fucking head banging and all that shit um, oh yeah i would do like you know they mills it, it, and that sort of thing even yeah. even people in the crowd even if they don't have to head bang or do any of that crap it doesn't matter you can still yeah. see them to the side they're bobbing their head they're getting into the music same thing's happening to that muso yeah yeah whether he's playing bass screaming his well that, that was out, the thing as well not whatever. only was i being angry i was also being felt like drawn in with the music because of the adrenaline. The well, adrenaline would just kick in and it would just, mm. nothing else would get in my way. <laughs> yeah. Much. I was just like a fucking freight train. Just it, going it, it's a speed. very, it's a very sort of common thing that you see with heavier sides of music that you see that anger, that, but, that, that channeling anger. Oh, I've seen release. it in some bands, but not a lot of bands do that. I noticed within watching heaps of bands in the scene. Some bands have excellent fucking stage presence. Some mm. just have zero stage presence whatsoever. But that's people in bands, you know. Some people are learning and that sort of thing. The more and more I watch wrestling these days, the more and more <laughs> I fucking love gimmicks. Yes, man. You need to bring back fucking gimmick gimmicks. bands. Yeah. You know, not even not even just gimmick bands, but just having that that persona on stage where you just become that different person. It could be you could be anyone you fucking want. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But then you can come off stage and just be like, Hey man, thank you. But then when they get up there, they're like, How the fuck? Like yeah, you know, different it. personality kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love that sort of stuff. Um and it it yeah, just seeing different ways personalities can be done, like gimmicks and whatnot. Mm, mm, yeah. There's just so much potential. I, I just and and it's eye catching too. Yeah, you know, yeah. You see, oh, like, yeah. You know that like I, I shared a couple of things recently about uh, two of these cover bands. One of them, one of them is Oakley Doakley or whatever oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, Oakley Doakley. They're fucking like, sick. But like <laughs> they're they're a, they all dress up as fucking Ned Flanders. Ned and Flanders, play, and, and they sing about 
and that's how they got. That's I mean, that's how they got big, and they play good music. Like they they play good tunes. Um, yeah. Oh, they're good and band. and Great I band. think it's Max Sabbath as well, which is Black Sabbath tunes. Oh, uh, I haven't heard of that one. Um, the vocalist is like a fat Ronald McDonald or whatever it is. Oh, um, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. it's that band. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. That's right. You know that sort of. I, I love that sort of shit. Just like gimmick sort of things. You know, pirate metal's always good for it as well. Oh yeah, pirate. You know, it's very easy. It's very easy to do that as well. Folk and. Folk and, and Pirate and even just black metal to a degree. You yeah, know, they yeah. all have a gimmick and that sort they, of thing. They they do exactly. Like um, as much as I like gimmicks, for me personally, I'm not really much of a gimmick kind of guy. Like doing them yourself. Yeah. Or? No. Okay. Right. I, I don't know. I feel like that's too much effort. Too much effort. <laughs> I, I don't know. So I'm, you would. Pref- I'm kind of like the old school traditional so you, metal guy. So you would prefer. Getting super psyched up and angry, mm-hmm. and then being very tired afterwards, rather than just actually, I've never really felt tired afterwards oh, because shit. the no, dude, yeah, the adrenaline like, is still going within me even afterwards. I'm my heart's so pumping, I'm an sweating, drum, uh, an adrenaline dump afterwards. Not until after the show, like Jesus. the show's ended, right. and by the time I'm You'd home, that's when I'm like. You'd be worried if you're having a dub in the middle of the show. You'd be fucking passed out on the ground You'd be oh, in yeah. the middle of doing it, and then you're just like, oh shit. <laughs> I've had close moments like that, but that's if, like, you know, the show's not really going as well as I expected, but I never really... What, like when you've just gone, oh, this is too much fucking Yeah, like the, like the show with Condemned to Atrophy, you know, I was trying to get into it, oh, but because okay, of the fuck-ups, I, the, the I was vibe. just like, oh, man, I'm not really feeling this, eh? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, I, like, yeah. I just, like, little uh, fuck-ups, you know, that can kind of distract me a little bit, but not too much where I'm, like, thinking about it. I just move on. That's the thing that musicians need to do. If you make one little mistake, don't think about it because mm. you're just going to keep making mistake after mistake and then you're going to be having a bad time. Yeah. The one thing with being a musician is if you make a fuck-up, forget about it. Yeah. Because there's no going back. You can't fix it again. It's, it's it happened, happens. yeah. Yeah, and you know I, yeah. every band has done it. Literally, every band has done it. No matter how tight they are, they're probably eventually like well, good to that point. But you know, every musician makes mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. Yeah, like well, speaking of that sort of thing as well. The last couple of shows I've been to, um, there's it's not any of the musicians' fault sort of thing, but it, it throws out the the like the vibe of the song and stuff. But say, uh, crowd picks up, uh, vocalist gets amongst it a bit. Mm. He's got the mic. Gets caught on someone's shoe or whatever, rips it out of its socket. Happened at uh, the last show I went to, band Primitive Blast were playing. Oh, and, yeah. Um, and at some point, some the, the the microphone cord or whatever's just been yanked out. Well, didn't that happen to D Mum yeah, and, 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 and the other one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the other one I was going to say as well. Is that happened too? But that was just from fucking sheer stupidity. Oh yeah, on, yeah, yeah. Just on, stupid um, shit that just happened on the, the D Mum boys. You fucking morons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, they're the funniest <laughs> band I have ever seen. I don't give I love a those fuck. Guys. I literally don't give a fuck how much people say they're shit because it's like, that's well, kind of the point. Who's saying they're shit? How dare they? I mean, they're still great anyway. Oh, it's. I mean, it's. It, they can get away with it anyway. It's great. Yeah. You know, it's, well, it's, it's a bunch point. of noise thrown together at once and they still groove. They still grind. Oh, yeah, they still groove. You know? They still grind. There's they're just, still great. There's just a lot of shit that happens. But yeah, like that was another instance too, like where it can take away from, say, it's hitting a really good part of the song, whatever, somehow, some way, something cuts out, guitarist, drum whatever, microphone. Oh, yeah, that shit happens all you know, the time. And, yeah. and it happens, and that can even throw people off too, I, I could only imagine. Like, it, it's that, oh, fuck, the, 
it was getting good. I'm supposed oh, to be yeah. saying words right now and I can't. So I'm just standing around looking like a dick. It feels so <laughs> uncomfortable. I'm, I'm sure that's how it feels. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing. Like you said, people make mistakes. Mistakes happen, like, especially knowing that you can move on with it and laugh about it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Oh, know? when I look back at all the fucking, like, fuck-ups that we had in XL and dude, I just... Mm. I love thinking about all those kind of things because it's kind of like the nostalgia. Those, those sort of, those core bands and that, that core sound, they, mm. especially for the live shows too, they always went for that sort of, you know, they always, I, that's in my opinion anyway, but they always go for those pitch perfect shows. Like if you oh, hear one fuck dude, up. that's like nearly they every. Talk, they talk about it like for the most part, like afterwards, like, oh, I can't believe I fucked up that part. Oh yeah. Like, every, every time when I hear people you, say that, I'm like, dude, no one really notices yeah. that much. You know, it, it's just, you put, there's so much, but again, people put a lot of pressure on themselves to, to, yeah. to, to be. People are very self-critical. Even I am. I'm so still, am I, so am I, everyone's like, self-critical of themselves, but I, you got to sort of see through things. Like when it comes to songwriting, I've definitely, Definitely spoken to other musicians about songwriting and some of them have asked me like dude how do you do it mm. and i'm just like dude if you like what you hear keep going with it because I'm... you're the only one that can judge on what you write yeah if you don't like what you're writing write something else yeah you know that's look what on, i do look if, at if different I, ways if... on, yeah look at different ways on how to write different yeah you know find new topics find new interests they can always spark different ways of writing as well oh yeah yeah you know i i I hate hearing. I know it sounds. This is like the fucking dumbest thing ever. But like, I, there are days where I just can't stand my own fucking voice. And what, oh, the, what dude, the hell sometimes, am I? Sometimes, sometimes. What I, am I doing? I'm yeah. speaking. I'm doing a fucking podcast where I have to listen to myself talk. Oh, dude, I know? hate my own voice too. Every you time know? I hear, it, I'm like, wow, I yeah, really sound I think like a goofy every, motherfucker every, right every, now. <laughs> everybody, everybody. Always thinks their fucking voice sounds differently in person, and then they hear it on the outside. And I've got to hear it all the time when I'm listening. Oh yeah, back I hear it all the time too. Every time to I sure watch, I don't fuck up with episodes. Every time I watch a video of me doing like a thank you video <laughs> to people, <laughs> yeah. I'm always like, dude, I'm trying, like, I'm being genuine. But yeah. like when I look back and I'm like, oh, at the same You're time, cringing I, at yourself, at my own voice because <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm trying so hard to like, you know, show people that I'm actually being genuine. Yeah, I, yeah. I do appreciate all the support. I get oh you do yeah and you just secretly inside like oh I don't want to fucking ah, I, ah, fucking, yeah. ah. yeah yeah <laughs> no, I, I feel I feel it man yeah you know, it, and it, even when you get uh, thank yous oh your tunes are sick oh fuck it yeah. oh your podcast is sick whatever you still like internally you're just like ah, I don't yeah know you don't know what to say <laughs> yeah you don't know what to say yeah and and but you do appreciate the fuck out of it I do anyone that says great stuff whatever i'm just like love hearts for days oh yeah you know, I, I it 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 makes me feel better even though like inside like you feel it and you're like oh i'm glad you said this to me through text and not in person yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much man yeah no um, i get you yeah so it, it it is those things i mean that stage fright anxiety and all that sort of stuff too um mm. and being able to open yourself up to, especially when you get to those bigger stages, being open to criticism that you are at some point going to get from someone. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you don't really, you shouldn't have to deal with that sort of shit, but everybody's got an opinion. Yeah. Everybody likes yeah. to shove it down your throat half the time. So, I mean. Oh, dude, I'm know. talking about opinions. That reminds me of the time I ever received hate in person. Yeah, right. It's only the one time it's happened so far. I was going... To, I was still in XL Neen at this time, and um, I was trying to get the train from the city. And at the time, I used to hang out with 
in the city a lot with yeah. like my friends and that sort of thing. And um, when I dropped into the city, you know, I came in to say a quick hi, hello, how's everything? Da, da, da. And then I'll be like, okay, I got to head off now. I need to get my train so I can make it to rehearsals on time. Mm. And this one dude, I don't hate him because we, I spoke to him after this and he's like, dude, I'm really sorry about saying all this shit. <laughs> but he thought I was being a dick and being rude and that sort of thing because I was in a hurry. And so he stopped me and he's like, dude, your band's fucking shit. Fuck your music, all this shit. I'm like standing there like, cool. And then after I walked away from it, I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> because you only see it in the internet and yeah. it's just like, yeah, whatever, internet, la da da But then when you get it in person, it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> just because he thought that you didn't want to hang around and talk. But that, oh, man, that's, that's like... Oh, he, 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 he explained you know, it. He explained that. it to me once he saw me again because I think it was after I did a show at the lab or something, and then he's just like, "Oh fuck, there's that dude that I was talking shit to," and then he came up to me when I was at the city again. This was like a month or two later, and I thought he was going to talk shit to me again when he walked up, and he's like, "Dude, your band's actually really good. I'm so sorry about you know giving you shit and that sort of thing." And I'm not the what, kind were you of guy. Having a bad day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't take it personally because yeah. you know I I know that not everyone is gonna like what you write. Yeah, and that sort of thing. And I kind of gotten used to that. But um, you know, yeah. Yeah. You, you just kind of kind of take insults and that sort of thing. Like of a and grain to be of salt. fair, that was a really shitty thing to be getting. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm late for my train. I gotta go. See you later. You're bent shit. Well, he didn't really know <laughs> what was going on so either. When sorry. I when I explained <laughs> to him, like, oh, I was just trying to you know, get to a band rehearsal and stuff <laughs> in this on time. I wasn't giving him shit. I didn't say anything back to him. Just I was going to go do my I job. I <laughs> absorbed it all in and I'm just like, yeah, radio. See you later. <laughs> I don't know. Usually yeah. in situations like that, I would probably get upset or angry, but yeah. I was too carried away of trying to get into the, to the train station on yeah, time. Yeah, you got shit to do. <laughs> yeah, so... It, oh, uh, oh, well, either way, um, insane amount of bands that you've played for so far. I'm loving that. We are going to have ourselves a sneaky break. Yeah, no worries, um, We are going to have our second song play for us now. Uh, did, we, did you... What, what was the... Second track? Yeah, the second track. Um, Sickness. Again. Sickness, that's right. So, um, with Sickness, that was the first single I did. Um, so... And this is, of, this is when Death Replaces Life, yeah, this yeah. one again as well? Okay. Um, to sort of elaborate, because not everyone knows this. Um, when the, I, sorry, before I cut you off again, because um, I'll probably talk about this on the second half. Oh, yeah, uh, no when Death Replaces Life, that's something to do with Cannibal Corpse, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. Okay, yeah. Yeah, continue, we'll talk about that afterwards. <laughs> yeah. I've got some shit to talk about with that. Um, so, with Sickness, it was the first single um, I released. Um, before that, I did a demo release when I announced the solo project because mm-hmm. I wanted to release stuff and that sort of thing. So I just released a demo. It doesn't sound anything to what the music is now. It's still death metal, but it's not what it sounds like now. Was there more of a, uh, a raw sound of the, to the recording of it? It was very there? rough. Yeah. <laughs> like that sort of sound. Yeah. yeah. Garage band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. shitty seven string. <laughs> not a great mic. Put, it, put put that recording on a cassette, man. That'd be sick. Um, <laughs> you just release all your like early demos on cassette. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, um, and then Sickness was after the demo, like a year later. Um, you know, that, that was actually a demo recording that I did at home. And my friend who did the mixing and mastering for the EP as well, um, I showed him the demo and he was like, if you're going to release this, I'll mix and master it for you. And at the time, I wasn't intending for that. And then I sat down, thought about it. I'm like, fuck it. Yeah. Let's release this motherfucker. 
And so I sent him the tracks and he did the best he could, but you know, he made it sound as good as it can be. And oh, with that's that, what it with is. That recording. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, okay. um, th- it did have like an artwork to it. I really love the artwork for that one for the single release. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. And then, um, when it came to the EP recording, I had this one song that I wasn't too happy with Ma- mainly with the vocals and that sort of thing because it didn't work with what i written and i didn't know what to do with it so i was like fuck i'm just gonna have to put the song on the side and put another one and it, it took me a little while but then i was like no nah, fuck it just put sickness in there re-record just, it yep. make a better version of it and it sounds heaps better now so all right cool well we're gonna give this one a whirl then i can't wait to fucking hear it so yeah, we'll no catch worries. up with you guys once the song's over
I detect a lot of Cannibal Corpse vibes from you. Mm. I detect a lot of that in your writing. I can detect it by the shirt you're wearing. Oh, yeah. I was just I about to mention I can detect it by just your smell. <laughs> Maybe that's because I take it that's your favourite band. Well, it doesn't help that I got them tattooed on me as well. Yeah, so. yeah there yeah. you go. They, <laughs> were, they, are, they are actually one of my... They still are to this well, day one of my favorite. From, death from memory, this, that's how we sort of yeah, it was. That, got that's why talking because yeah. we were talking about metal, and then you mentioned Cannibal Corpse. I'm like, dude, yeah. I fucking live for Cannibal Corpse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, once I the first taste I ever got of them was uh, through Ace Ventura. Oh, uh, who? Pet Detective. Actually, I always wanted to know who that band was because, like, this is fucking sick, dude. That's how how I found Cannibal Corpse was through Grand Theft Auto. Really? Yeah. I didn't um, know they were on Grand Theft Auto. So the thing is, not a lot of people actually know this. Um, so when Grand Theft Auto 4 was out, you know how they released two DLCs, The Lost and Damned and The Ballad of Gay Tony? Uh, yeah, yeah. They were sort of like add-ons to the story that gives you more in-depth and that sort of thing. Um, I noticed one thing that they changed most of the music on the radio stations. So oh, really? In the original GTA 4, LCHC was a hardcore punk radio station. Yeah. But then when you listen to it on The Lost and Damned and The Ballad of Gay Tony, it is pure fucking death metal. Yeah, really? Yeah. They had Cannibal Corpse, Deicide, Entombed. They even had Selkit Frost, Bathory, Soulfly. I love that. I love that. It's, it's and Max Cavalera hosts yeah. the show. Oh, really? Well, host, yeah. quote unquote. Yeah. yeah. But that's you get massive musos and stuff coming in to do like, PC games, whatever, mm. and it, I didn't even know that as well. So there's another way for people yeah, to yeah. get new tunes and because I used to play games a lot when I was really young. Mm. I still play games, but not as much as I used to when I was really, really young. Yeah, and when I first heard it, especially Cannibal Corpse, I was like, "What is this? Yeah, I've never heard this before." Because I was kind of raised, I was always raised around metal, but heaps of kinds of other music like country, rock, pop, funk, all that sort of shit, and. um you know, my dad really liked Metallica, Machine Head, all that sort of jazz. But I never heard of death metal until I heard that. And that's what got me into metal, what made me become a metalhead. Because I never really went out of my way to listen to metal. I didn't really listen to music that much. Yeah. But um, it wasn't until I heard Cannibal Corpse where I was like, I want to play music like this. Yeah. and I, I wanted I, to as well, but then I saw a video of... Um, who was it? Alex Webster, Pat O'Brien, and what's the fucking drummer's name again? Oh, uh, Paul Mazakowicz. Yeah, that's it. Um, they did that video playthrough of fucking frantic disembowelment, and I just <laughs> went, fuck this that's, shit. When I I'm saw not, that, I was I'm like, that, that's the one song I'm never going to be able to play in its entirety. It just... It's a it, fuck song. It just looks like he's just... He's got... But have you listened... He's having a seizure in his hand, like when you watch him play it. It's, have you, it's mental. Have you listened to the other songs that Pat wrote? Like brain removal device, yeah, yeah. Brain removal device is fucked. Yeah, that, 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 that's off kill. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, good, that, good that, man. You know, you know your cannibal yeah, corpse I well. Told you, <laughs> told you. They're one of my favorites as well. Oh, every every time I talk about people with cannibal corpse, they either like the Chris Barnes fucking. They either like Chris Barnes or they like Corpsey. 
or or they don't really know too much of Cannibal Corpse. Uh, so I'm like the one that's always just like, no, it's from this and. No, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I got the Centuries of Torment DVD, uh, DVD when it came out, and that's uh, again like an, I've watched that I'm, so yeah, many fucking times. It, it it spawns a lot of interest and a lot of uh, keenness to want to play music too. Oh to yeah, not not even just be at their level, but just you see them being able to do that, the vibe that they get from the crowd, and you just think, "Fuck, I really want to do that. Oh, I know yeah. I'm good enough to do that." And you don't need to be Cannibal Corpse to do no, that. But yeah, that's right. Yeah. You don't need to be them to do it. But you can definitely draw the influence from them. Oh yeah. Um. And yeah. Hence why I was asked. Uh, why I was saying then, like, um, influences are a big part of how people write music, how they mm. express themselves, how they uh, explain to people how what's happened in their life. They 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 talk about this sort of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And. Hearing those influences come out in people's music too, it, like I said, it's a metal Josh on one of the previous ones too. But that's but that's because one of their songs, uh, the Demon songs, to me sounds like one of the old school style riffs. Yeah, like, that's like, right. I was yeah, yeah I was listening. I can to never that remember the song, but um, I mean, it was it, that? It's just it's it's very catchy and groovy sounding, like the early kind of yeah. I, like, I, I can't remember the song. It had yeah. something to do with semen and C section <laughs> and shit. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> there you go, Josh. I listen to your fucking podcast. You fucker. You owe me a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so and and again for me that was what I picked up from it. But that's my influence. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's my experience and stuff. You know, I heard, I heard that song and I immediately thought old school kind of like those old school death metal vibes and and mm. that Cannibal Cor- uh, Corpse era kind of sound, influence yeah, and, and yeah. sound. And it made me, you know, made me think about that as well. And you as well, like with with the the kind of music that you write, um, there is a lot of uh, I wouldn't say preparation behind it, but there is a lot of tinkering that goes on behind oh, the yeah. scenes for you. Mm-hmm. So when when you hear, um, you know, examples of say like what I said with D Mum, where they, they have influences like that come through. The last half of their song though was just a bunch of noise yeah, <laughs> sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. But uh, and that's not a dig on those guys as oh, well. Yeah, they no, play no. incredibly talented music. And um, uh, but say with you. Um, there's a structure behind it. There's, there's, um, you know, well, I, I can hear that in terms like you, you have the intros, you have the like the verse parts. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff. Well, that that was the thing when I was writing the EP was I was kind of going for that. It's not mm. what I'm used to though. Some of my music um, does have a bit of a structure to it, somewhat, um, because my main influences is yes, Cannibal Corpse and Suffocation. Mm. And both of those bands are kind of well known for not having a very simple structure. But there is one. But there is one. Yeah. Especially, well, not as much with Suffocation, but if you listen to them as much as I have, or if you really, really dig Suffocation, you can kind of hear there is a bit of a... I think the structure gets lost a lot in the technicality. Oh, yeah, it does. It sounds like there's a lot of shit going on, but... I kind of take all that in and just change a lot of things because... Like even though, as I said, my main influences are Cannibal Corpse and Suffocation, but for the for the solo project, you know, I take in a lot of other influences, like you know, Death, Morbid Angel, Pestilence, Skeletal Remains, yeah, all that shebang from old school death metal, Gore Guts. Fuck, there's there's a was, lot. Gutted. Oh what, my god. Was it the recording sound that that got you hooked into it at that time? Or yeah, was it, yeah, yeah. Um, Gotta give a shout out to Taylor here because he's the one that kind of led me more into the old school death metal. And not that I never really liked death 
old school death metal. It's just mm. I never really gave it too much of a chance because of the recording production. Mm. But then once I understand that's what they had at the time, that's the limitations that they had, and it was so fucking raw. And a lot of those bands were very unique, you know, because that's around the time death metal just started, you know, got its footprint, the blueprint. Another good example, again, is the same band we just talked about before, Cannibal Corpse, where mm. their raw sound back in the day, and then yeah, once they yeah. kicked, once they start uh, with the album Kill, when they started recording with Eric Rutten, mm. um, at whatever studio it was over there in the Manor States. Manor Studio, oh, I can't remember, they've been... It's something Manor. Yeah. It's something Manor. Manor Studios um, or something. Like yeah. That. Yeah. But when, when they released that, their previous album, it still had that heavy sound and whatnot, but the just the the level and of recording, like the and sound, the production, yeah, behind it, it was so crystal clear, and it was it was it, still heavy. It's just it, well, it honestly sounded shit. Yeah, it, it was fucking it was. like yeah, punching it's, brick walls and shit. <laughs> yeah, that that definite sort of um, it just kind of hits home a little bit more when you can hear like the like the notes resonate a lot clearer. Yeah, and you, yeah. Uh, I, I think that for me was a big turning point for getting into them more was just for the fact that what I heard then was what I was used to sort of thing rather than the older stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's not a bad thing. I mean, oh, I, yeah, still, no. I, you know, I still love the old school bands. Um, like early Metallica was fucking sick. Kill them all. Um, that was in what early early eighties or yeah, whatever early it was. to mid eighties. Yeah, and it that that that's a fucking killer album. Mm. You know, thrash at its best back then. I mean, I don't give two shits what they do now. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but in but musically, I can't bag them. They they started. You know, they're they're a great. They're band. the they're biggest influence band. in metal, <laughs> well, without yeah. a fucking doubt. Yeah, not I mean, properly personally, not for me, but for a lot mm. of other musicians. Like even for the bigger bands, when you. Mm. Watch interviews when they get asked, "What was your big influence to start playing Metallica. music?" Metallica, Metallica, yeah. you know. They, um, and I mean, they. And are. I mean, yeah. And I'm me personally as a as well. I'm not a huge Metallica fan, but I can appreciate what they've mm. done to the metal community. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for them, oh, well, um, most of the bands that we would have now wouldn't fucking exist. Because a lot of them drew influences, yeah, from you know? Metallica, yeah. and it, also it, our heaps of other bands, but Metallica being one of the. The fucking god, and, and it's crazy too. If you if you think if you try if you want to go more like fucking out there or whatever, if you take away an influence, uh, a musical influence like that, and say it never existed, imagine the the real famous people around the same era when Metallica would have been. If their favorite music was Metallica, and now they're no longer there, and hearing a Metallica song inspired them to do something well uh, noteworthy, and then that's what got them famous, and then they're not there anymore. They're not going to be famous because they didn't have that magical moment happen yeah, that yeah. was inspired by hearing a Metallica song. I mean, I'm going way too fucking <laughs> yeah, area into 51. The yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, like even it's a really trippy thing when you think about that. Like, if, if, you this, think, if yeah. this didn't exist, yeah. we wouldn't Some, fucking have what we have right now. And that's not to say that would be the case. Oh but yeah, there's, it, it's a possibility. You know, if someone wasn't around to 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 have that uh, inspiration to begin with. Someone else might not have that down the track to do yeah. what they're doing. It's it's a fascinating world how music can bring people together like that um, in in so many different ways, and it doesn't matter what genre it is. Oh yeah, everyone's picky about what they want to listen to, um, but at the end of the day, uh, it's what you really get out of it um, and how you feel. If you're yeah. doing good while you're doing it, and you're not an asshole, <laughs> yeah, much, you know, yeah. then by all means, go ahead and do it. But if you're a prick to people around and doing it, then yeah, sure, you're not going to go far. Yeah, people yeah, are going to no. call you out and be a dick to you. So, yeah. I mean, it just, it, I think it comes down to just just being respectful and not being a well, dick. Well, that, that's what I notice over the years, you know. 
I've definitely been in a few bands where, you know, some of the people are not the greatest kind of people to be around. Mm-hmm. And um, I learned to become a little bit more easygoing. You know, I don't get frustrated or angry too easily, you know, if something goes wrong or if there's something going on, you know. Mm-hmm. you got to sort of take it easy because if you get, you know, too caught up in it or frustrated or angry, you know, it's not going to really be a good time. No, that no, sort of I, thing. Like I, I can't see that. Being say, say for example, like sometimes people get pissy about the littlest things, like running late. Mm. You know, before in the past, I would get like super shitty if someone was like, you know, not half an hour early to the set or some shit, and I would get super fucking frustrated and that sort of thing, and then it piss me off. And I mean, like, yeah, getting on time is really important, but you kind of can't really get too caught if, up if on you, it. Yeah, I mean, if you let it get to you. Yeah, you, that, much, that's the thing. Yeah, gonna, you can't let it get to you too much because then you're just going to fucking ruin the whole thing. Because it's going to throw, just, it's gonna throw you off. It's going to throw the whole vibe off. It, I mean, it can. Yeah, like, it can. You know. Oh, trust me, it can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. See, like, and uh, not everybody's going to have that same view, but oh, obviously yeah, no. for you, you know. But I, I prefer to be easy going because I don't want to cause dramas either. I'm yeah. just, I might be really fucking young, but I'm mm. so sick of fucking drama, man. <laughs> It's probably good to be in that mindset and to stay in that mindset. Yeah, I've been around with so much drama and it's like, it gets to the point where it's just like, what's the fucking point? Yeah. It's just pointless shit. Can we just move on? And Was that, a, was that also a, a, a big influence as to why you just decided to do this whole project by yourself originally? Like what do you, to, what like do you with, mean? With de- with, uh, when Death Replaces Life. I know you had someone to come in and record the drums for you as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. But... To take out the middleman and just write it all yourself—that was was that an was that a reason why you wanted to do that? Was because you could avoid drama? Not really. Actually, wasn't well, not too much drama. It was more like the fact that most people in the scene are pretty fucking lazy. Not everyone. <laughs> not everyone. Everyone yeah. is committed to some things. Maybe I just the people wish, that you just reached out to. I don't know. I feel like people <laughs> are just shit cunts to me for some reason. And I try my best to be as easygoing and respectful and that sort of thing, but not a lot of people show that to yeah. me. And, you know, sometimes people don't reply to my messages. And I'm like, I would much prefer it if you just tell me you're not interested because you just look like a fucking asshole to me right now. <laughs> because, yeah. I'm like, you know, it's not that hard to just reply back, no, man, I'm not interested. And I'm not going to take it personally. I'll be like, okay, man, cool. Maybe maybe they should start because I know when you go onto Facebook Marketplace and stuff, you're searching through shit. And when you when you click up on a picture, it'll come up with all those options saying, I'm interested in this. How much is it going for? Maybe they should introduce that just yeah. through messenger chat so that way you can just hit back one button and be like, sorry, not interested. So instead of having to think about what you're going to say, just fucking say it. Yeah. <laughs> God, if it was that simple, but I'm, probably even then some people were just going to not They, they still wouldn't do it, yeah. <laughs> and it, it just kind of bothered me because after Exile Needon and, and the things didn't really work out with Condemned, and it was just before I joined Scumbag 2 when I made the solo project, and I was just like, man, I just want to release some fucking music. Like, yeah, I might not be able to play shows with the solo project, but... I want to at least release some fucking music. Yeah. You know, and, and so instead of like, oh yeah, good things are coming and then nothing happens because that's what was happening at the time. You know, I would get together yeah, with some you musicians, you don't, you things don't. seem hopeful and you get so excited and worked up about it and then it just... You don't want to pull a sound wave revolution. Yeah, and, so um, I, I didn't want to keep doing that. So I'm like, fuck this. I'm just <laughs> going to do my own thing and just do that for the time being. Yeah. And more power to you as well. Like the fucking, the EP's sick. 
I've I've had I have had a full listen to it. I'm I'm a bit shit on the names, obviously. <laughs> oh, it's um, a good man, but thank, I'm thank starting, you very much. Yeah, no, I'm 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 trying to keep in touch now as well with the the, the bands and the names and oh, that's what I'm trying to do from well. like I yeah. used to be. Because uh, I, I used to be so fucking good at it, where I would just pick a song instantly and just be like, "Fucking know this one." Fucking like I, I still can, you know. Uh, favorite, favorite. Uh, this is an easy one. Favorite song from Cannibal Corpse, Off Kill, Death Walking Terror. Oh, for um, me, that's the time to kill us now. Oh, time. but no, actually, no. Five nails through the neck. Five nails through the neck. That's, that's a, a good fucking one as well. Six. You know, I could probably go through at least one of every one of the. Cannibal albums, albums and, and have pick a one favorite. at least yeah. at least pick one you know it would like devil driver fucking like all those ones that i really started getting into early on mm. like that were the real favorites for me like i can remember those songs now like this just i'm, I'm hearing and seeing so many really cool fucking bands and i'm just trying to keep keep trying up with keep them up, yeah, yeah i'm trying to keep up with them all now and like it's not just one genre i'm sticking to i'm like going through different ones so i'm mm. just like oh there's another cool one here's another cool one what's the fucking name of the song again like and well that's through. what i'm trying to do you know as much as i'm trying to keep up with what's going on in the metal scene i'm also trying to keep up with what's going on outside mm. of metal because there's there's so have, much music going yeah, there's around so as well much music. And, and you then, want it to keep going too like but also you want to kind of yeah you kind of want to diverse yourself as well because yeah. you can't just keep listening to the same old fucking thing the yeah. whole entire time because it'll just get boring and then you'll get burned out and then you have no inspiration I or motivation. I don't care anymore, yeah. And, you know, you've got to listen to other things, you know. Apart- a, lot, a lot of a lot of musicians, that had, especially, like we were, we were talking about North Lane earlier and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. I know yeah. they're not really, they weren't really one that you kind of got into, but mm. that's, that's fair. Like everyone has their tastes in music. I myself, I like the earlier stuff of North Lane. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, and it was a very melodic way of writing and stuff, but you could hear certain elements to it that sound kind of jazzy in, in certain parts. And I'm just thinking, well, fuck, that's not anything remotely close to the yeah, genre that yeah, we're hearing no. now. So, you know, what gives? So it helps to listen to different genres. So you oh, can yeah. hear different time signatures, different sounds, different notes played in different ways. Oh, you can um, you kind of have a different way of thinking too because you take mm. influence from everything around you and you hear something that you really like. For me, when I hear something I really like, I'm like, I want to fucking write mm. something like that. Not not exactly like it, but my own mm. version of that. And yeah. definitely quite a few Cannibal Corp songs have definitely pushed that mm. kind of mentality into me. Like that sounds... Fucking sick! I want something close to that. I've said but it my own way. Yeah, I've, I've said it a few times as well. Like my favorite, one of my favorite things to see in bands is like adding just n- instruments that you wouldn't normally see and stuff like that. So when you throw a piano uh, into like a into a metal band or a death metal band, say make them suffer, who I've been real big fans of since they first started, got tatted of I got a tat of them on my leg, sort of thing. Like again, big hmm. influence uh, oh, yeah. of who I've listened to and stuff. But that for me is what got me into them was just. They were different from everything else. They had a very sort of. Well, they are kind of a unique they band. Had, yeah, like, with their demo, I I have to find the CD because I'm gonna if I don't know if they have any of the any of it released online anymore. Mm, but if I yeah. still have their demo, I'm gonna fucking do it and put it up for them because it sounds it like you were, we were saying earlier. It's so it's so raw. Yeah, it, like the sound of it. Well, as that's well. the great you'd thing about demos. Black, they, yeah. you'd think they were a black metal band, like hearing their their demo shit, and then to what they are now completely different sounding like they mm. still have those same elements they still have uh, piano in the band and stuff but they progressed um, from that yes yeah yes. they grew it, and yeah. progressed from what they are monster fucking band and a monster sound as well especially earlier on um and yeah their, their, their demo shit just sounded like 
black metal stuff with piano in it. I'm just like, this is fucking sick. Yeah. You know, and I think yeah. I was like 08, 09. So I'm like at that young point too. And I'm just like anything heavy, like, like yourself. And I'm just yeah, like, yeah. yes, and it's different. Well, the funny thing I kind of like to think of myself when I got into metal, I kind of just skipped the whole <laughs> like gradual build up to the heaviness. I just went straight through the rabbit hole and just found the, you know, death metal straight up. And I'm like, you know, it took a few years until I was just like, okay, I need to find something a little bit fucking heavier than mm. this shit. Then that's how I sound like suffocation, and then that, I, yeah, I, and then I've like, been around for a long and then time, I, I really, really gone into disentomb, disentomb a fucking a really fucking good brutal yeah. death metal in Australia. I I th- I feel like I saw them years ago, but I can't remember if it was them or not. Well, they um, look different in the past than they do now. Like well, Jordan Henry, they they kind of short dudes I at the time. They weren't. When did they form? Was it twenty thirteen or fourteen? Because oh, that'll tell me. Probably even before that, man. Like, well, if that's the case, um, then I probably did because they've been I'm, around. I'm for sure, a, they've been around for a while. I feel like they, I saw them for the first time at the Hi Fi back in the day, and it was uh, them opening for Napalm Death and Dying Fetus. I don't um, know about that. I'll, yeah, you'll probably have to. I, ask I, those guys. I, I, yeah, because I, I I went to that gig, but I could never remember who the opener was. But it just sounded straight up like disentomb. Yeah, like yeah, that, that just, yeah, just yeah, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> um, you can't go wrong with something. Oh like yeah, that, but yeah, and I can see that as a as a big influence as well. Like they're crushing. Like oh the, yeah, the sound that they fucking hell, know, man. Some people know, don't really appreciate. Even, what they even are. if I I feel like. I, if, if any of them, any of these bands have like the instrumental versions of what they write, because um, a lot of my friends will be like, "Oh, it's the fucking screaming that throws me off, man." Um, oh go, yeah, I'll that's like, what here's, I think. Here's half the instrumental. The time, yeah. Go listen to it, and that's exactly why I got into them in the first place. It wasn't so much the vocals that got yeah, me into yeah, it; no. it was just like the for raw, me, yeah, it was crushing the... power that you could hear from like different tunings of guitars and the beats, especially especially the beats. I loved the fast double kicks back. Oh in the day. yeah, dude, I love my blast beats. You know, they're, they're great. They're <laughs> yeah. great, and I mean, it's... and I, I don't know if a lot of people have noticed, but I'm a really big riffs dude as a guitarist, mm. or just in general, like. You know, a lot of guitarists you will see nowadays, even in the shredding era to now, you know, a lot of people are really into their fucking shredding. And to me, like, yeah, shredding's cool, mm. but it's just... Do you mean shredding by, like, a lot of solos and yeah, shit? Yeah, okay, you know, yeah. I, you know, I can't play solos for shit. So yeah, I me neither. I'm not, I'm not the greatest soloist, but if I need to write a solo, I'll fucking do it. Yeah. But, you know... If anyone was going to show me something, I'd be like, show me a fucking good riff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, show me all your flashy techniques and your fucking crazy soloing mm-hmm. and shit, but write me a fucking good riff and come back to me. They're funner to do, in yeah. my opinion. Dude, They're more fun to that's do. That's the thing that hooks fuck. people in, not the fucking solos. Yeah. People really get hooked in from the music, the songwriting and the musicianship and just good songwriting. So... You plan on playing live anytime soon with Death? Because it sounds like um, you want to. Oh, I really fucking want to. <laughs> really fucking want to. The thing is, um, as I mentioned before, musicians are fucking shit sometimes. <laughs> well, uh, hashtag on that one. Yeah. Not all. Not all. <laughs> I always got to say that because sometimes I feel like people are thinking, not all musicians are shit. And I'm like, yeah. the ones that I know are pretty shit. Sounds like you need to find new musicians, mate. Oh, man. <laughs> Brisbane is such a small scene, especially when it comes to death metal. I really noticed over the past few years that not a lot of people in Brisbane really, really like their death metal. And if they do, they're more likely to be guitarists or vocalists. And so, really, drummers. the people that you would like to have in your band, they're not 
the instruments that you want to have played. Well, the thing is, um, as I keep telling people when I talk about making this live, the thing that's a make or break for this is a drummer. Yeah, because you can do it without a bassist if you wanted to. You could do it just oh, as you I, I, I can get a guitarist and a bassist. No, but, no yeah. problem. Drummer but is the, yeah. the biggest fucking problem. Yeah. And I think I think we've uh, put that down to a continuing uh, theme. Well, the thing uh, is, now I'm trying to think of different ways of doing it because you know, you know some um, bands some bands just set up like a drum track. Oh yeah, you think know, of Putrepile for example. Uh, didn't uh, I'm pretty sure Agoraphobic Nosebleed as well is uh, another band that do that. They uh, either had drum tracking recordings. Oh, or I think it might have been them. But Putrepile, have you heard of Putrepile? Yeah, before? I have heard of them. Yeah. yeah, that's a one man band that dude. Yeah tours around the world just by himself doing guitar and vocals with a fucking computer playing everything else yeah and there's another band actually i think it's up uh, up north i did a photo i did a couple of photos uh, at a gig ages ago and he was playing it they're called golden bats oh i've um, never heard of him um he he's a one-man person as well but he's got a massive fucking setup and uh it's like it's a one-man band as well um really fucking cool shit too yeah yeah uh, i've it's. I see it though, and I just think, holy fuck, he's carrying around so much money right there. Mm. Like that's just first thing I think of is like, my god, that's a lot of money. Because well, obviously, it's not cheap to have. A, uh, it's not cheap to buy oh, music yeah. instruments. No, no, never has been. But the thing is, with me, I've always loved the realness to music. The you know, um, just as I said, the realness. You know, actually having people there on the stage with you. Because I've played on stage by myself before, and I've I'm not a kind of person that gets a lot of stage fright. Usually with band stuff, I can just get on the stage without feeling nervous at all. So well, most of the time, got, you, most of the time, I would see that being as because you you got other people around you. Yeah, you fuck up as well. Yeah. It's not just you that. Yeah, all the I'm not on. the dead center of attention. That's but right. when I play on stage by myself, I'm literally the dead center of attention. Yeah, no one else is watching anything else but you. Yeah, yeah. and it's fucking terrifying. <laughs> It it is for anything, public speaking, fucking just doing anything where people have got eyes on you. I'm willing to do it, but I'm honestly shit scared. (laughs) You'd you'd rather have a band. So you would rather have a band. And I get more of a good feeling when it's with a band. And also the way I write my music does kind of require like a full Mm. kind of band thing. Could it be done though? If you really want to. It literally can be done. Because how, how I write my music is always around... Mm. how a band would work. Even when I write the drums, I used to play drums mm. years ago and um, I, as much as I really love to play drums now, I don't really anymore. But I still have the mentality and the ideas of what drummers do because the thing is with some guitarists when they try to write like drum tracks and that sort of thing, they don't know what drummers do. Sometimes they write them like the coolest, craziest drum part ever but it's physically cannot be done by a drummer and I've spoken to plenty of drummers about this, how they always have the guitarist that tries to write drum parts to the riff that they wrote. And it's just like, eh, might need to rewrite that. And the good thing with me, because when I got the guy to hire hire him, um, he pretty much kept 95%, 95% of what I wrote for the drums because I write all the drums and that sort of thing. And the only things that he changed were probably a few beats every now and again to make it a little bit more interesting. So only like little minor things. That yeah, little minor correcting. things. Nothing that I really care about. And even adding fills when there's no fills or when it needs a fill there, you know. And he really did make the EP sound even better than it what... It does. The drums are fucking killer. Oh, yeah. I've, I'm so fucking happy with the drums. And yeah. I, I get asked every now and again, why did you get 
why did you hire someone to do drums? I think that's why didn't you just use programming drums? And I'm like, as I tell people, I'm a I'm a traditional kind of guy. I love real drums. I fucking get so sick of tired of hearing programmed drums. And I mean, with a solo project, fair enough. You know, you can get away with that. But for me personally, I really, really like real drums. Like, you know, someone actually really fucking... So for you, it's more of an originality thing in that instance when it comes to recording. Like you want things to just feel like they're real. Real, yeah. That's fair. That's that's someone. Well, that's the point of a recording. Over the years, I've learned that recording is catching like the perfect moment, like the best performance you can do. So it's sort of like the same way as like you would play live. When you play live, you want to play the best of your abilities. It's the same with recording. Mm. You know, you're trying to give the best performance you can in the recording, and the only way you can do that is trying to be real. <laughs> yeah. And that's how all the bands did it back in the day. They mm. didn't have click tracks. They didn't have, you know, auto-tune and all this shit to make things perfect. They actually had to fucking nail the recording. Half yeah. the bands did it as a whole band recording at the same fucking time. Oh, I liked those Yeah, and that's what so. I like. You, you can hear the little, like, fuck-ups every now and again. or Early you know. demos from bands used to be like that. Yeah. They'd record but all together in a it's garage It's so good, though, because it, you know it's real. You know that it's them yeah. in their fucking blood, sweat, and tears that they're putting it's in that recording. It's them actually playing the it's instrument. It's actually them, yeah. and that's what I want to do in my recordings. Yeah, you want them to be... Even, even if I'm not playing the fucking drums, I'm willing to pay someone to do the drums for me because I, I just want real drums, man. <laughs> and... Also, to keep an analogy... I just want drums that sound like real drums. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) But um, also another fact as well, um, Brendan, my mate who um, helped record, mix, master, and all that sort of thing, he's actually the one that led me to the drummer to do all the recordings because I was having trouble trying to find a drummer that was willing to do it. And he's like, oh, I know this guy. He's done plenty of work for me, and he's, he's great at what he does, and he's really cheap too. Not super cheap, obviously, but like you know, he, uh, he's affordable. He's affordable, yeah. yeah. And uh, he was pretty affordable, and he did a fucking excellent job. I could not ask for any better. Yeah. To the way that the drums came out with, but um, with Brendan, he he finds it easier to mix drums when they're real, yeah, instead of programmed. Because when you listen to the when you listen to Sickness as uh, the single, um, before the EP, that that was programmed drums. And you can tell between the single and then the EP version. You should, you know, what you should do. You should put a a, a before and after sounding. Like, do a, a thirty second clip of the original, mm. and then do a thirty second clip of what the EP sounds oh, like yeah. of that song. The thing so is, you can hear the the difference. Yeah, if some people, cool. some a few people, have definitely listened to the single before, but um, you know, the the original single, you know, it was pretty muddy, bit rough as fuck, you know. Mm. But then with the EP, I noticed it's a lot more clean. It's a little bit more of a clear production. That's what I've been told from people, especially my own that family. That have listened to it, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, my my mum, she doesn't really like metal. Like, she likes Metallica and that sort of thing, but not like... Just standard metal. Yeah, just standard metal, you know. <laughs> Nothing that's that interesting, but... um, No yelling. The day, the day after I released the EP, she went out of her way to listen to it, and I remember she, she knocked on my door... Opened it and she was like in tears because she was so proud of me yep. with the recording. But I was talking to her about it and she was telling me the thing I like about it is that I can hear what's going on. 
you know, it's it doesn't it's sound not, like it's noise. Not muddy, it's not. It's, it doesn't sound muddy. It doesn't sound like noise. And it's really. Ca- she told me it was catchy. A lot of people have told me it's catchy. Mm. And I mean, I, I find it catchy myself. That that that's the thing that you got to look for in your music. If you got to know what you're writing, kind of thing. Some people don't. I mean, when I first started writing, I didn't know what I was, you know, trying to strive for. And it's not like I'm purposely trying to strive for something groovy. But if it catches my ear, yeah, then that means something to me. Because I really love, like, catchy, groovy fucking riffs. Even if there's, like, heaps of blast beats in it, mm-hmm. you know, it, riffs are always, like, the make or break to, like, a whole song kind yeah. of thing. And that's what I like. I'm As I said, I'm a very big riffs guy. So, you know, I really love my catchy, groovy riffs. And sometimes, occasionally, every now and again, if I listen to my own songs too much, I occasionally get my own songs stuck in my head. Oh, and really? And I'll be, like, walking around just... Humming songs, you know. <laughs> That's cool, yeah. though. I mean, it's your own music, and then you can just be like, ha, 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 I'm, I'm fucking singing. Yeah. I'm, I'm humming along to my own music. That's fucking cool. And also, I kind of feel like, because I know some people judge other musicians for listening to their own stuff because they think, oh, yeah, they love their own music. I don't listen to my own music because I, I love it. I just listen to it because, well, I do like what I write, but I want to internalize it within yourself because that's the only way that you're going to be able to play the songs perfectly and inside and out it's if you listen to them non-fucking-stop to the point where you literally know everything that's going on bored of it not bored of it not bored of it uh what i notice is if i listen to a song a lot you notice i really know the song very well if i know how they air drum the fucking parts of the song because as Mm -hmm. i said i don't really play drums but if i can air drum to what's actually going on to the song perfectly that's when you know i've actually listened to something like right dead over and over yeah, no, that I mean, I suppose that's how a lot of people too will yeah. help get their their, their brain. Well, that's what I try. That's too. what I try to tell people. If you can get your own music stuck in your own fucking head, that's when you know you got something good. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like, in well, I mean, you could either have it stuck in your head for being shit, or yeah, you could have yeah, it stuck yeah, in your head for being you awesome. Know, but like, that's yeah, that's just a fucking. But as I, around, as but I yeah. mentioned earlier, you're. You're the only one that can judge your own music. Yeah, yeah, you can show other people and get other opinions. That's fine. And you're the only one. But who's in be the able to end of the it. yeah, yeah. in the end of the day, it's your song. You're the only one that's going to be able to change it. And everyone right. has a different opinion, different tastes of music. People look for different things. Like obviously, not everyone's going to listen to the catchy and grooviness to riffs that I write. Some people really like, you know, the evilness in riffs, or like heaps of blast beats, or they like songs that are slower, or. Mm-hmm. You know, and as you know yourself, everyone has a different taste yeah. of music, and everyone's looking for something different. Yeah, mm. but you're but you're obviously going to have that that taste uh, for someone else along the track anyway. That's going to go fucking that's it. And you, you also got to trust your own judgments as yeah. well. If when you it, think it sounds good, you know, and, that, and that's what I do. You got to trust your own gut. And the thing that I also do as well, which a lot of musicians kind of recommend when it comes to songwriting, don't just write something and just immediately think it's good. Because you got to sort of let things go over time because eventually over time you'll be like, okay, I need to make some changes. Because mm-hmm. especially with the EP, I've definitely made not a lot, but a few changes to some things, you know, like the lyrics and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, once you get it all written, you know, you, you'll be like, yeah, this is good, this is good. And then you let some time fly by. It, it doesn't matter if it's like the next day, the next week. It could be possibly a few months or even a year. Because when I wrote the EP, I wrote it early to mid-2017, mm-hmm. and I didn't start recording it until around about April, May last year, and it only got released, yeah, yeah, three weeks ago. So, 
sort of been like a slow process for the EP, but um, but there's been a lot of effort behind it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's it, it's taken that long, not just because of other things along the way, but it's also that you've been tinkering along the way. You've been getting it to the way that you want it sounding. Like yeah. um, for and example, um, the last track, Cremation. Um, I had to change the verse um to the song because originally it was really fast-paced lyrics you know, you know saying a lot of lines in one take but i realized that it was really hard for me to do because then i realized well i need a backup vocalist to do the parts kind of like what i did for far beyond existence mm-hmm. but i didn't want to keep doing that i kind of don't like repeating things too much into each song and i kind of wanted to do it like just a single vocal track so i was like and i wasn't really happy with the lyrics as well so i was like fuck it I'm just going to rewrite it, make it a little bit more simple, make it flow with the song very well, and that's what I did. And that's what you hear in the EP is, you know, in the newer part of the lyrics, you know. It's just little things, little things that you can just change. I don't think I really touched much on lyrics, but we'll we'll throw it in before we start uh, to, to pack her up a bit. But yeah, yeah no So your, your lyrical content, that you wrote that yourself mm-hmm. as well. Um now, obviously, in in death metal, you can have very satirical style writing, yeah. and you can also have serious style writing. Um, but in all, I think in hindsight, though, you have to take it with a grain of salt because it's death metal. Yeah. The vibe itself is is full on in your it's face. Aggressive. It's aggressive. It's exaggerated as well. well. Yeah, that's that's the point. Like, it's not like I could guarantee you. A, a very big amount of bands that have anything related to death in their in their album, there's gonna be some form of shit talking behind the scenes, oh, yeah. like or just being like, ah, that sounds so fucking funny. Let's put that in there. Mm. Or some will be like, oh, those lyrics are fucking brutal. Yes, yeah, let's yeah. put it in. You know, I don't think a lot of them are thinking, fuck, who's 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 Jimmy's are we gonna fucking well, wrestle when, today? When sort of Cannibal thing. Corpse gets interviewed about like, is there anyone that you like? Do you think about someone when you're writing these lyrics for Cannibal Corpse? And mm. they always say no. We don't think of anyone specific. Mm. We don't try to target people when we're trying to write these lyrics. We're just, you know, we're just doing it because it's fucking death metal. They, and that's are, what they do. Are they still banned over in some countries in Europe? Do you know? I think... Uh, I know some songs are banned in Germany. They can't play live. Actually, no, that kind of changed over the years. Oh, originally, has? Originally, um, for a long time, they couldn't play the f- any song from the first three albums. That's right, yeah. And then eventually over time, which was around the time... To be fair, Central, they are... Centuries of Torment, around about yeah. that time, that's when Germany's like, okay, you guys can sort of play that stuff now. Yeah. But I mean, sort of in, in all fairness, though, the, the first few records were probably the most gruesome. Oh, yeah. Especially like, Butchered at, especially like Butchered at Birth and Tomb of the Mutilator. Oh, I thought Tomb of the Mutilator was when fucking I first, worse. <laughs> when I first saw Tomb of the Mutilator, I was so confused because I was so young. Yeah. I didn't even... Like, what am I looking at? Yeah, what am I looking at? I didn't even know what the fuck cum meant because the first, cum, <laughs> the first Cannibal Corpse song I heard was I, I Come yeah. Blood. <laughs> and I didn't know what the fuck yeah. cum was. I thought they just spelt it wrong. And I'm yeah. like... <laughs> Are they illiterate? Yeah, yeah. And then when I found out what it was, I'm like, oh, yeah. oh that's not pleasant. <laughs> that doesn't sound And then healthy. when I read the lyrics too, I'm like, oh, this is even more fucking twisted. Yeah. But I love it because it's like, it's nothing that hasn't been done before a, a, at that time for me. At yeah. Least. Yeah. A good, well, different band, very popular one, Slayer. Everyone's heard oh, of Oh, yeah, everyone's heard um, of Slayer. Tom Array is fucking Catholic. 
Motherfucker, that, that band is all about like hail Satan. Angels know? of death. Yes, exactly. Pure example. <laughs> you know, and but and and Tom Ray has a lovely family and he's a fucking religious human being. A lovely like, dude. Yeah. A lovely kind so, soul of so a person. I mean, that like he what is. what are most like does that change is he going to hell because he sings about stuff about going to hell? You know? <laughs> yeah, I, this is one of those things. Like hell's awaiting. It, but it's that it's that sort of contrast though. You can separate, you know. Uh, an outlet as to a, uh, like with a belief you want to go play songs about like hail satan and whatnot cool on sundays i go to church and pray to god yeah whatever yeah. whatever your method is I, I don't even like i don't know enough about religion myself <laughs> I, neither, I, i'm not enough. a fan i'm not a fan of it but i'm not like another rabbit hole let's not go down there this is music not fucking that shit yeah, yeah. um you know so like you, you get those different contrasts of you know one one is in one plays you know, heavy shit, and then their outside life is completely irrelevant to what they do. Oh, yeah. Uh, you've got to take it with a grain of salt, you know. Um, well, it's, it, one- it, it's good fun. It's good energy. Um, and it, I mean, I, I can't really say for myself because I don't really – I've never written lyrics like that before. Yeah. Um, yours, I haven't actually had a chance to read through um, all of them yet, Um did you go for more of a satirical approach when you wrote the stuff or was there a serious mm, connotation behind it? Not really. It wasn't really like satire to it. I kind of like, because as you can tell with the songs, you know, they both have, they all have different titles. Some mm. of them have different meanings to them. Though some some of the songs that I did write for the lyrics were kind of like outtakes of my thoughts on things, especially one particular one that is kind of more based on my thoughts than this Writing it for the sake of, well, not for the sake of writing it, but just. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. But um, far beyond existence. Mm-hmm. I remember I was when I was trying to think of what to write for the song. I knew it was going to be something about space and that sort of thing, but I didn't know what to write about. And I remember I was walking up to the server up the road from my house, and I walked there most of the time. And I remember walking back home, looking at the sky, looking at nature, and thinking, all of this can just fucking disappear in an instant. Yeah. Yeah. And then I started to think, like you know, we don't know other, we don't know if there's other life in the universe. I, I, if you ask me, I feel like there is, mm. but when you think about it, it's kind of scary to think that we could possibly be the only living beings in the universe. But I, I doubt that because so lyric wise for you, it's not always about what um, the song is about, but more, but it can be about an experience that you had. Yeah. It's just kind of like my thoughts and things. Yeah. Mostly with Far Beyond Existence. Every other song is just kind of like... Well, that, yeah, yeah. So in that instance, you had like a big fucking like rabbit hole moment. Yeah, because yeah. I had a hard, hard time trying to think of what to write. And mm. then when I started thinking that like, you know, we don't even know what life is going to be like after death because no mm. one knows. No one fucking knows. Even when mm. they have like five minutes of death, they can't remember mm. what fucking happened between that when they were from, awake yeah. and then when they were, like, passing out to the time they awake. Sometimes they just say, all I just remember is just blackness, mm. you know? And that's, you know, scary for itself, but, like, you know... It's, it's the fear of not knowing. Yeah. yeah. And that was kind of what the song's about, you know? People are kind of taking things as a grain of salt, and it's also kind of an intake. The thing is, we're far beyond existence as well. It's not just a take on space, just existence within itself, like, the world human existence, what's out there in the world, like outside in the universe and the galaxy and that sort of thing. Because, you know, I, I, I sing in that song, you know, I talk about like, you know, um, oh, fuck, I'm trying to th- remember what the lyrics are. Um, you know, I, I mentioned how like, you know, we're running the core of mother nature, you mm-hmm. know, how humans are just, 
you know, dumping rubbish everywhere, chopping down trees, the government not giving a fuck about what the world is, even though it's not about politics and that sort of thing, but, you know, those kind of ideals that go on within the world. We're not taking care of the world as we Mm. should. And, you know, Mother Nature can be a cunt sometimes, but that's just Earth being Earth. Yeah, that that is And we need to treat this place very... I don't know how to say it, because it's just like... This we is need the to be o- doing better than what we're doing, Yeah, this is the only place that we know that we can live on. And yeah. if we destroy this place, we're fucked. Yeah, we got Guarantee tw- fucked. Yeah, we got 12 years before irreversible damage. Yeah. So, I mean, let's see what we can do in, in the next decade. And that's why everyone's <laughs> fucking freaking out about this shit. Yeah. And I mean, like, fair enough. It's scary shit. And, and it's kind of like my intake hey, in that. It's just yeah. the realisation that we need to do better as a... As, you know, humans. Well, and, well, that's a good example there that not every song has to be about blood and guts and yeah, stuff. Yeah. It can just be about... Well, the can, song is still about death, but it's just <laughs> like my intake and thoughts on, but it's a, onto it's a, that. Yeah. It's a different view, though. Like, the song itself isn't straight up about cutting someone's leg off oh, or yeah, like no, no. putting it in a blender, which you know, is what a lot of it can be when like. You, when you compare There's Hideous si- Defigurement to Far Beyond Existence, they're yeah. both completely different songs lyrically. Yeah, yeah exactly. So not, not, a, not all of them could be the same. You can have them in a, a serious connotation like that where he's talking about like how fucked the world can be and how it is being fucked over. Mm. Um, and you know, if we don't do anything differently about it, uh, it's... Pfft, where else are we going to go? Yeah. Absolutely. People like, will say, we can go to Mars, but like, we can't even fucking get to Mars yet, you fucking mm-hmm. idiot. We, we, haven't gotten, we haven't gotten to the technology to the point where we can. We might not even be alive. But, we, <laughs> but chances are, how can we actually live on Mars? Is there even a guarantee that we can even... I don't know. I mean, we're kind of going into a rabbit hole. I was about bit, to say, that I'm might be a time for another episode. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Let's find episode. out if we could live on Mars. <laughs> and first and foremost, can we play music up there? Yeah, fuck, um, that would be more important. Yeah. <laughs> I have had a, uh, a gay old time with you being on, Caleb. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time on such short notice as well. Oh, no worries, man. I'm um, fucking pleasure being here. Uh, we we'll definitely love being here again. Yes, yes. I, I feel like we will do that sometime down the track. Um, speaking of Far Beyond Existence, I believe that's the one that we're going to be going out on. Yep. We know right now exactly what it's about. Mm-hmm. We yeah, won't waste, everyone we won't, knows now. <laughs> we won't waste any time. Yeah, yeah. Um, huge shout out again to Caleb. When Death Replaces Life, you can find it on um, Bandcamp and you can find it on Ka- uh, through YouTube. Caleb's uh, YouTube, YouTube and on Caleb's Facebook. Instagram. Um, and he's got Instagram as well. Uh, the Instagram is uh, kebab underscore doabri. Doabri. Okay, there Do you go. Herbry. I've always, <laughs> I, I always looked at it as kebab something, but never. Yeah. Uh, n- sorry, I always looked at it at Caleb, not kebab. So kebab's a nickname, just so you know. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't make up of it. Friends did. Right. That's a fucking odd one. Um, yeah, it's an odd one. But hey, man, I got stuck with fucking Plano. So I mean, like, I mean, I didn't get stuck with it. I made it my thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I made the dumb mistake of getting it tattooed on my foot when I was younger. Um, we all live alone. Yeah, well, fucking whatever. <laughs> Um, thank you again we're gonna play your tunes absolutely stoked to hear from you and cheers guys we'll catch up with you again soon thanks again Yeah!
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.